Nation, we are back. Uh, it's the new year of 2024. It's the fourth official soccer podcast. It's been a while, Justin. Like, what the hell happened? Like, oh, no. it's been what? I think the last time we recorded was, was in September. It's been a long time. I think the, the last episode we did, I think, was our uh, EPL predictions episode. <laughs> I think that's, was that oh, it? Really? Was it that? Or was that, did we do one I, after that? But, I, I mean... I think, well, I so it's funny because we could have recorded the EPL prediction in September, even though we should have done that in, in August. But I get what you're saying. Like, yes, right. it was definitely, it's definitely been almost four months now, which is. And which so in keeping with that tradition, we're going to talk about the Boxing Day fixtures in EPL <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> of course, no. Um, actually, I think we, we do have a, a new format that we're going to try out, uh, at least in this particular episode. We're going to try to do a rapid fire sort of format. We have about nine topics right now. Well, eight topics. Uh, the first one is the intro, which we're doing now, I guess. And we're going to try to limit ourselves to three minutes. Now, Justin, do you think we can do it? That's my, that's my question. No, very little no. faith. But I think, we should, I think we should give it a shot anyways. Yeah, no, let's try. We have to try. Um, and um, I think we can do it. You know, you never know. Let's see if Manny joins us. If Manny joins us, then that may, you know, that'll be like a minute for each person, which is completely not enough. Uh, but, you know, I think today we have a ton of topics to talk about. I just want to start with this first one, because I'm sure you've seen this with Arsenal. You've seen this with other comp- other other teams. Does it feel like this season's just been way worse when it comes to injuries like th- this season in particular just seems like everyone and their mother is injured yeah that's certainly the feeling and i don't i don't know if you have the facts to back this up but my, my gut and my impression is that yes there are, are both more frequent injuries and more injuries related that seem to be like tied to fatigue like uh non-contact injuries if you will or like training ground injuries i feel like there has been a spike in them um, and which is a subject we talked about, I feel like since COVID began way back when, you know, like for, for a lot, many, many episodes on this podcast, we've been talking about like the increased, uh, the Titan fixture list, more fixtures every single year. It seems like, um, uh, we obviously had the mid year, uh, uh the, the winter, um, world cup last year, all mm-hmm. these compounding factors that eventually is going to catch up to these players, but. Uh, that's been my impression. I don't know. Do you do? How do you feel, or do you have like do you have some actual some facts? Or you can drop some knowledge on me. Well, I wish I did. I, I should have done a better job to actually look this up in the sense. Uh, the only sort of data point I have is, in as of November 2020, 2023, the cost of you know healing injuries and 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 sort of medical costs has gone up 27 percent. That's it to 700 and something million, which is Whew, crazy. Just think about the amount of money that doctors are making. Maybe we should be changing our line of business. I don't know. But um, my point is, this season has been particularly crazy. And I don't even know how to sort of figure out why. And I'm going to, we're going to do more, we can do more of this uh, research and, and come back to talk about this. But everyone, I think the most of the injuries I've seen, that the more, more common ones, at least one that I've heard of, but the big profiles are usually either muscular injuries or ACL. Right. Those are the two main ones, especially ACL seems a little like way more this time around. And 
like it can it be fatigue? Should we should we invite a doctor on to, like my brother's a doctor, maybe I can invite him to like hey. try to understand like what's going on. <laughs> yeah, if he has any sort of insight, because like yeah, I mean I I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, I, I agree. I think we have seen uh obviously it's high profile players so that it will always draw more attention. Sure. But uh it does seem like there's been an increase in ACL injury specifically. So Yeah. Um yeah. It, it's really weird, but yeah, maybe it's something for us to talk about in the future. Uh, but I would be curious to see uh, a switch for AC Milan. I mean, and another another team I know that is very plagued is Real Madrid and, and Chelsea, especially too. Really, I, I just don't I don't get it. Uh, but you know, uh, you know, uh, we, we'll move on, I guess, right? Like if you know, maybe worst case. I think the good thing about this is is the youths are are coming up into these games, right? Like they're playing the games, which is one good sort of silver lining, obviously. But we don't want to see people injured because. We don't want excuses, no. right? When Arsenal doesn't win the, the the trophy at the end of the season, it's like, oh, we're injured, we're injured. You know, we don't want that. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I mean, like, you know, uh, thankfully Arsenal has gone off pretty well with not losing so many players for the international fixtures that are going on right now. Because I feel like, you know, like, like we said, it's the like the the tightness of the schedule now. Both, you know, prof- uh, the the your, the league play. But now we also have, as we normally do in January, AFCON and the Asian Cup. But there's obviously like, you know, no club wants to see their players like leave for the international tournament in the middle of the season and then get injured playing for their country, even though that's a big, a big deal for players. So I know you are a big fan of AFCON. Um, I'm wondering what are your impressions of that tournament so far? Hopefully we haven't seen any injuries. So what, what, what have been the headlines so far, though? Yeah. You? Well, nice transition, Justin, because Thank we you. went over three minutes in the first topic. So Afcon is obviously the next topic. You know, I'm from Nigeria. I support Nigeria all the way. Uh, but I would say, from what I've seen so far in Afcon, I've just seen upsets, upsets, and uh, a few red cards. Um, it, it's very, you know, I, I'll just read out some of the some of the upsets I've seen. I mean, it's not entirely like a crazy upset, but it's just, for example, time was Mozambique, 2-2. Nigeria, time Equatorial Guinea, 1-1. One, one. Um, Algeria, uh, uh, you know, previous, 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 previous champion of, of this uh, of this cup. Also time Angola. What I'm seeing and what I'm noticing, and something I'm actually very excited about. Oh, by the way, so one, one other thing I missed. Tunisia losing to Namibia. My point of saying all of this. Oh, sorry. One more thing, because there's always this upset. Cape Verde beating Ghana. Two oh, more. yeah. I mean, so there are so many things that I've seen so far. And this is just the first match. They, you know, I don't want to sound an alarm too much. But I would say one thing I've been excited about is you can definitely see that there is a rise of talent. There is a rise of, of uh, you know, the way people are playing in these smaller countries. Like you think of a co- country like Cape Verde, you think of a country like Namibia. These are countries that should not be beating the likes of Ghana and Tunisia. And we are seeing a situation where no team is easy anymore. Uh, I mean, we're talking about the AFCON here. Like AFCON was pretty much, you beat everybody and who's left? Algeria, Egypt, Senegal, Nigeria, Ghana. Like those are like Cameroon. Those are usually the top teams left Africa's before people will get mad at me um so my point is like I'm seeing a change in how all these quote-unquote 
not smaller teams, but teams that historically have not done well in this competition are now doing well and now causing these upsets, which is exciting for, for African, uh, Africa as a, as, a, as a whole continent, right? Because we want to see these competitions. We don't, we're tired of seeing the Nigerians win it. We're tired of seeing Ivory Coast and, and Senegal win it year in, year out. Like, we want to see other people. Now, that said, I'm not saying that other smaller teams would win it. You know, it would be nice to see that. But I have to support Nigeria, so obviously I hope Nigeria wins it. Um, I am a little pissed about about how we played in the first game, but maybe we'll turn it around in the second game, which is against Ivory Coast, which is a match you don't want to miss on Thursday. Yeah. I mean, that's a historically, at least, you know, from my memory, since I've watched world football in like the mid 2000s, those are two juggernauts in Africa. Um, who would be your, are they still the juggernaut? Like, you know, Nigeria, obviously you're, you're Stan, you, you have to. Of course. Um, but like Ivory Coast, you know, I remember like the days of Drogba, and uh, sure. Torre and stuff and the and the like. Um, where's Ivory Coast, for instance, and like, are who is your if not those two teams? Yeah. Who's your pick to to be like really like a, a a top contender in this tournament? I think I good question. I think it has for me. It has you know taking the Nigerian hat off. I actually think Ivory Coast can do it this time around, mainly because they they are a solid team. Like if you look at this Ivory Coast team, uh, you know, let's forget. You know the fact that you know it's it's a lowly country in in West Africa, but a lot of their players play abroad. Uh, some of them have gone to ha- you know to, to the Saudi Arabian League now, but these are these were good players that 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 moved from big clubs like for example Kessier from in in uh, uh, in Barcelona uh, that plays for the well ex Barcelona that, that plays for for Ivory Coast. Um, so. That said, I think they are a more stable team. They have the home advantage. The the you know the competition is happening in Ivory Coast. Um, I, I I've seen Algeria play. Algeria also a very good team. Uh, Senegal is the other team that I would say has a chance. If I were to rank them, I, I would honestly probably put Ivory Coast first and then maybe Senegal second, just because I think the home turf advantage is 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 amazing here. Uh, is is crucial here, and I think that's what's going to probably drive Ivory Coast over the edge a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Algeria looks a little hungover, but you know they have energy, but they look a little hungover, and they are struggling with the smaller sides like they did um, with Angola uh, you know, yesterday. So, yeah, fun stuff though, fun stuff. Um, fun stuff, I, and these are very watchable matches. If you, I mean, like you gotta have either like be in, I guess, or um, yeah, you know alternative methods i won't say what what they yeah. are but uh these games you know they play games at 9 a.m at noon 3 p.m these are great start times uh asia cup asia cup also has pretty good start times i'm surprised like i i, I forgot where the tournament is being played this year but they have uh they have start times that work for american audiences also yeah yeah um well that's a very good question you're asking there um Justin, uh, because I do not know to be honest. I'm not. I've not followed the Asian Cup as, yeah. as I should, and I feel bad, especially. Uh, but but obviously, I I think it's probably in Qatar is my guess, uh, and it would make sense. They just finished the World Cup. Um, let, let's be honest. Like they just finished. Like, the, the stadiums right. are still fresh. Um, yeah, I think it is definitely Qatar. Um, it's funny that we're doing this real time. Um, but in terms of, I don't even know where to watch it. If I'm being honest, like being sports is not carrying carrying it, so it's a little awkward for me to even talk about this right now i don't feel comfortable justin do you feel comfortable talking about the asian cup no i mean i yeah i'm afraid i also have not well in general you know my feelings about most international play 
Um, I'm like, uh, you know, and that's that's also by virtue of me just, you know, uh, the U.S. men's national team. Like, sure, I, I like to root for them, but like, I don't I don't have that deeper connection. I feel like to a national team, perhaps. Um, so, so, so you wish Arsenal was a country? Uh, the nation of Arsenal. Yeah, sure. I mean, they they shouldn't <laughs> live, but uh, yeah. Maybe in 50 years, Arsenal will win the World Cup. You never know. You never know. Right, right. We'll see. Oh, like you, I mean, like you said, you know, um, you know, I told you offline that I'm looking to get my Irish citizenship. So maybe I'll become one of those Americans who becomes like very, like so obnoxious about like uh, a country I've never actually lived in before. But, yeah. um, and, you know, no, no, no shade thrown on anybody who is, who is like that or really loves to follow international tournaments. You and I, I think we both agree that we have not been watching this Asia Cup so closely but we should change that all right yeah we should um and i think i'll just say right now that my favorite team would be south korea just because you know i love son and i hope he does well so uh we talked about arsenal in our last topic so moving on to another topic arsenal i just want to quickly talk about the wobble here so arsenal was first in the league you know when we weren't recording you were on a high uh, and you were first you you weren't bragging to me you were like you, you, you're flicking me off basically through text saying that we're number one, don't talk to me. Um, and now we well, see that Arsenal has wobbled down from the first position in the Premier League. Um, Justin, can you just tell us what's going on, please? A great question. I wish I had a better answer. Um, it's, you know, Arsenal continue to be a, a side that dominates possession of the ball. Um, creates their chances what is lacking what's different from last year to this is that the the way even though they are maintaining possession like the way the balls moved upfield looks a lot less fluid for some reason mm-hmm. maybe again maybe it's going back to the whole fatigue question like you know uh arteta looks like he has intentions of <laughs> running uh Sokka down into the ground until he can he's crawling across the field um <laughs> Yeah, but he he doesn't like he doesn't like to he you know he's got his guys and he doesn't there are some positions that he doesn't rotate maybe so often um, and then the second factor besides like you know the fluidity of play uh, which is like you know hit or miss uh, is also the finishing for Arsenal has been very poor uh, their their front three their, their their preferred trio up top of Gabriel Jesus Saka as I mentioned and uh, Gabriel Martinelli um, all three of them are way underperforming what they were put the numbers they were putting up last year and with the same approximately the same number of chances um i don't have the numbers right in front of me but like i I was looking at the stats and i've been listening to other like i know arsenal podcasts that have been speaking about this which is it's just the the conversion of chances is has been lacking um and then you know and maybe these two things are are tied right you know like uh, when a team is moving fluidly everyone's like operating on the same page you know, you, you feel like you're clicking, you have that confidence to convert chances. Sure. Um, so maybe maybe the the lack of fluidity or the fatigue is also contributing to to the lack of production um, in terms of goal scoring for Arsenal. So hold on a minute. I, you, you just mentioned the front three, but I feel like you're missing, you, you're not saying something or you're just hiding some fact. How is Odegaard doing? Do you not feel that there's a drop off there also? Because or, or you think he's 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 normal? He's I think as normal. Yeah, no, I mean like he's he's the key cog. I mean that's a good point. Uh, you know he's a key he is the key cog in the midfield. 
I think the setup now, you know, with the addition of Declan Rice and with the addition of Kai Havertz, the dynamic in the midfield, I think, has changed a little bit uh, where Odegaard, like, you know, he was the key man last year. Right. Um, but but, this, but who is the key man? Now? He's, st- he's still the key man. He's still I mean, I know he's the captain, but I'm not saying because he's the captain is the key man, but he is still the number one in the midfield. Right. Yes. Yeah, okay. he is. So, I mean, but, but but now I'm hearing, so Rice came, joined, I'm sorry to give you a hard time, but I have to. No, no. Rice, Rice joined for an exorbitant amount of money. This team should be better. So, this it's either... Team should be, I think, no, this team should be better. Yeah, I, so, so, I'm yeah. trying to figure out, like, you've given me the facts on the front line. Makes sense. But I still feel like the midfield is still a little loose. I mean, again, we don't have to stop. Well, it depends on which direction they're going in, right? I, I think that midfield has Im- improved uh, in terms of the ability to break up opposition play and going defensively. De- defensively, Declan Rice has been everything bought and paid for. You know, he, he's been stellar in playing the role that he's been given in the Arsenal midfield. Um, but again, like, yeah, in terms of like, you know, and then Kai Havertz, it's the, the jury's still out, I think is, it's safe to say. He had a very rough... You know, I as I heard countless times from many a friend, uh, you know, Kai Havertz, also on this podcast, it was a mistake for Arsenal to get yeah. him, um, and that he's obviously, you know, he he had his struggles early in the season, but then he had a bit of a resurgence, um, in goal scoring especially, uh, and now he's kind well, of like tapered off. Three three games, five games, how many games? Uh, for a stretch of time, yeah, yeah. And now he's kind of like, you know, he he's still cropping up. You know, he's he's kind of like averaged out. I feel like, and we'll we, it's you know, it, we'll, we'll he's still in his first season. We'll see whether, you know, uh, which way is he going to go? Is he going to trend the way he was in the beginning of the season, which was a disaster, or is he going to be uh, more like the player that we saw in the the fall and the winter before Arsenal started to run into their their issues as of late? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, okay. So. I've been hearing some rumors, and uh, I know we're taking more time. Our next topic is supposed to be about Chelsea, but we don't have money to defend Chelsea. Um, but but so I'm going to steal some of that time to talk about this a little bit more. So I hear you. The midfield-wise, you feel like from a defensive point of view, they've been better at breaking the plays and and potentially having you know if defend you know if the offense of the other team is trying to break through the lines. Sounds like we're, you're good there with with Rice. It sounds also that the front three is like an issue some somewhat, I guess, uh, just because the numbers are pulling this season compared to last season is not that great. So I'm trying to figure out now. So does that mean that we, you know, Arsenal has to hire or you know buy somebody else? You know, I've heard talks about uh, Ivan Tony, for example. What is going on there? Like, what what is your thought about how you fix this? Because I think this is more than just buying players, if I'm being honest. I agree. Yeah, I think it is definitely more than buying players. I think so. On you know, with with a large sam with a sample size of a full season, I I feel actually pretty comfortable at this point in time. You know, barring like a you know, a long-term significant injury to, to some key personnel that Arsenal's numbers will approach 
and be it's, really right. I mean, like, because like I said, they're, they're creating the chance. They they still are creating chances. It's like the conversion is missing, but like, you know, it's the law of averages. If you have a good player, and Arsenal has good players, despite the fact that like they, you know, they they've hit a rut right now, for sure. They've definitely hit a rut, and we'll see whether how quickly they can dig themselves out of it. So it stops it. So it, to prevent it from becoming a, a total collapse, like you know, crisis of conscience. Like that's what could do a team in. Right is when all right. the 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 player the players stop believing in the system. If okay. they continue to let me say it again, trust in the process and just believe <laughs> and and Arteta can motivate them enough. I think that the the the, the goals will come. Uh, and I also want to believe that because to answer your first question, Arsenal simply do not have the financial resources or the the uh, the margin uh, in their uh, you know in terms of financial fair play. To make a deal like Ivan Tony happen, so I don't think there's there's no savior, no no you know top striker is going to ride in on a white horse and save the season. So the guys who are there now have got to get it done between now and May. All right, well let's so before we move on, just just final thing I want to say, you just said something about Arsenal not having the financial means. The Asian Cup is happening. If Arsenal just converted themselves to a country, they could mm-hmm. play in the Asian Cup. And then potentially attract investors in Asia, who they you know they seem to be always very very rich, to then buy the club and then you have money. You know, see how I just tied everything back together? It's just it's all centered around Arsenal being a country, and I think that's possible, Justin. If we if you can make that happen, we're gonna skip Chelsea. Chelsea are screwed. I think that's all I gotta say. <laughs> it's actually they're very hard to watch team. Oh, by the way, Nicholas Jackson. Uh, he's in Afcon. So, do you think they miss him or, or not? Because I, you know, I thought it was just funny that they still picked him to play in the Afcon, even though he's not, he's not been that great. But you didn't hear it here. Uh, yeah, um, he's had his struggles, but um, I mean, this will be a, cho- a chance to see what Nkunku can do um, in Chelsea. Whether I mean, he, he typically is going to play behind the striker. I, I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't really know like what Chelsea's. Like really, like their 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 best setup is, and I, I don't I don't even mean to say that like derogatorily, like right, like you know, or derogatively. It's like they, like you said, they've had injury crises, right? So like I I don't right. know what their preferred starting eleven actually is. Uh, they also have like a, what's his name, Broya, right? Um, I think. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. It, it all seems crazy that they let Lukaku go on on loan, but hey. Well. Um. I'm not, I Let, don't know. Sorry, I, I know that we maybe we want to skip the next topic and go because since this is a good transition, you're mentioning Lukaku, and maybe we should talk about Lukaku's current club where he's loaned out at. Oh and yeah, we can flip. We can flip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we can flip. You might have some so, insight yeah, into but, into this. It's Syria breaking news. Um, so uh, you know, obviously the, the the news is Mourinho has been fired. Um, there's so many weird things about this this news. Um. The first one is, is who is replacing him. It's De Rossi. Um, I think De Rossi, the last time he played was like in, was it right back at the pandemic? I can't remember. Anyways, my point is, this there's another club this season that has changed managers in the middle of the season. And the manager they've changed to has been a crap manager, right? Like we everyone knew that this manager is crap. And this I'm talking about Napoli's uh, current manager. And somehow they still hired him. And yes, of course, Napoli is like ninth. Right? This is a team that won the, the Serie A last season. I feel like Roma is doing the same thing again. 
I'm not saying that they shouldn't have fired Mourinho. I'm just saying that replacements matter, especially the timing of these replacements. The Serie A just kicked back off again, and you just fired Mourinho. Now, I will tell you this about Mourinho in Syria. To be honest, he has been underwhelming. That's just completely honest. I think Roma has spent a lot. They've gotten people like Dybala, even though it was on the free, so they pay high wages. They paid, I don't know the structure deal of Lukaku's loan. But my point is, they've really gone out, outside of Italy, to bring in a lot of players to play on, on Roma's. And, and that hasn't paid dividends, even though they've won a cup with, with Mourinho. And, and that's the thing about Mourinho. He will win you something, regardless of how crappy your team was or is. Um, he will still win you something. But when it comes to the league... They are just shambles. They are just absolutely horrendous. They, I mean, we just played them, and that's what that's what spurred the firing. Milan played in Roma. We beat them 3-1. They should have done way better. Another team that's also played by injuries, when you look at the back line, with Smalling out, um, and, and and they're really having a disaster in the, in this, in the center back. So there are some alibis, I, and I... Not saying Mourinho was the right coach or, or Mourinho did his best and no one can do better. I just think I don't see how this team gets out of that rot. And I don't think firing Mourinho was the right choice, given what he's trying to do, which is to really build like build a, a great team with this collective player of stars, let's just say, you know, with Dybala and Lukaku up front, for example. I don't know how De Rossi is going to manage all of that. Uh, so, so that's my my yeah. my whole whole feeling about this whole thing. Again, Mourinho was not the. I don't think he did what he did not do well. Not think, but he did win them a, a trophy which they had not won for a while. So it's you know, what can you say about that, right? Right. Yeah. I don't know. Any Daniel De Rossi. This is his first big manager appointment. It is kind of. It's a weird one. I'd agree. It's definitely a weird one for them to make, uh, to throw him into the fire. Or maybe they think that, like, you know, the season's already shot, so, like, it's low-pressure environment for him. I don't know. But, the, you know, he, he was last playing in 2020, as recently as 2020. So, um, and this is, like I said, first big appointment. So, we'll, we'll see what he can do. Um, any quick quick predictions for what's next for Mourinho? Oh, uh, if he doesn't go to Saudi Arabia, then he would be probably... Um, he'll probably be a pundit. I think he needs a break. I think he needs Chelsea a break. Chelsea round three? Think, oh, no, no, no. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. Um, no, I, I think he needs a break. I think he needs yeah. to really just take a break, go back to enjoying his life, refresh, read some books, come back. He He's still Mourinho, and he can do it, but... He can, I'm sure he can easily make, a, like um, uh, Jordan Henderson's club. I think it's coached by Steven Gerrard. They they're not doing well. So what? Make, a club managed by Steven Gerrard's not doing well. <laughs> they're not doing well. So uh, let's just say I can I can see maybe some of those Saudi Arabian clubs like looking at this like hmm let's get a Hollywood oh, sure. coach in here. Um, so I'm sure you all have options, but. I think he should just take a break, personally. I, I agree. I think, I don't know. I, I've said it before. I think the shine has 
anybody, if you look at it objectively, the shine has worn off a little bit off the, the special one at this point. But um, hey, hey, he still he made Roma still won a trophy. That's something you don't see much. Like it's sure. still there. It's just you know whatever. Anyways, sure. I have a question for you. Next yeah, segment. Yeah. Uh, I've gotten hunted by this, and I've taken a look into it because I don't usually care about these, all these awards nonsense. But Messi won the FIFA Player, you know, Player of the Year award for 2023. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's patently absurd. <laughs> like I don't know. I you know you and I you know and like millions of people around the world like you know we're huge. Lionel Messi fans and I you know I I was eagerly refreshing my computer just last week trying to get tickets for when Inter Miami come to Washington DC to play in the MLS right like you know and I wasn't able to get it because everybody wants to see Messi everyone loves Messi I love Messi you love Messi but um Lionel Messi was not the best player by performance metrics in 20 year 2023 it's it's absurd for him to win this award um i don't know yeah what are your thoughts it's tough so you see again i i didn't even know the sort of yeah i i feel the same way i just didn't know initially because i thought this spanned the actual season of the last season so that's what I thought. I thought it was just for last night. I didn't realize it was the calendar year, which is okay. Let's think about this, by the way. Why, if the if a season is starting August and ends in May, why are we having an award for a calendar year? Like, what's the point of that? Like, well, to me, I kind of like it. I mean, it's to differentiate it right from the Blonde Or, which is more based around like a, a player's performance over the course of a season. Um, I don't. I, I kind of like the idea. Yeah, like, well, it, it kind of reframes. Yeah. It, like, it it's, it talks speaks more to a player's like ability to get it done um you know longevity or like you know a short term it's it's a little bit it's a little bit of an interesting way to look at things so i kind of like that uh, obviously the the voters by and large enough of them uh didn't really care at all about <laughs> about what the about what the rubric was supposed to be about like you know looking at a calendar year because obviously they chose Messi because of his world cup exploits which were not in 2023 well so I don't like the calendar yet. I'm just going to put it out there. I don't like the calendar. Let's just do it season by season. It doesn't make any sense to me to do a calendar yet if your season starts. It's it's like awkward, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I, you know, we've just excluded all these people that don't have regular calendar. I think the Chinese don't have our regular calendar. I don't. I think the Mayans don't have a regular calendar. I think Muslims also, same thing. They don't have the, I think, I think. But my point is... Just do it to the season. For the season 2022-2023, who was the best player? Let's let's keep it that way. Let's keep it simple, guys. Come on. Well, come on. hold on, though. If you're going to say that, though, lots of different leagues have very, very different formats that are not conducive to the European-centric 2022-2023 calendar let's, style. Please don't bring up MLS here. Please no, don't. no, not just MLS. All a bunch of them. Uh, you know, most of the world doesn't follow that same calendar. I'm trying to think which 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 uh, league doesn't follow that calendar. Liga MX doesn't. Uh, ah, it's uh, still America. South America, still... South America. South America doesn't cover, doesn't follow those dates exactly. Uh, ah. It's pretty close, but not exactly. I don't know. Right, fine, 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 fine. Okay, you've convinced I mean, me. Wow. The fact is, though, yeah. what really matters though is like, and as we all know, that the the elephant in the room is that there 
you know, they're only going to look at the European leagues when they're looking at the best player in the world. Uh, you know, uh, there there could be some phenom who scores 100 goals in you know the uh, like from like Boca Juniors or something like that, and they're they're not going to name them as like. The it best doesn't matter. The they'll give they'll still give it to Messi. It, right. it doesn't matter. doesn't matter because he is truly the best. Maybe that's why. maybe people are voting historically, which is I don't blame them. Um, all right, last but not least, you know. This is the one I had to bring this bring in this topic because I was confused. So maybe you can clear this up for me. Um, what is Eric Dyer doing in Bayern Munich? Um, hanging out with his buddy. Going to <laughs> reunite with Harry Kane and turn down living in Harry Kane's Lux $30 million mansion, apparently, which I, I actually don't know. I, I just saw Wait, that headline. Oh, like, they were going to room together? I think something like that. Yeah, I don't oh, know. Oh my god. But uh, I mean, he got paid. I, I'm assuming, so I'm, I'm sure he's gonna get himself set up somewhere. I don't know what's going on. Maybe you have some insights. Um, I've I've been kind of sort of following what's going on in Bundesliga and with Bayern. Bayern, it definitely seemed like they're in a a weird spot. Um, in the past couple of years, but this year in particular, sitting in second place as they are right now, four points back in the table okay. currently. Well, hold on. I, I would just say this right now. I, I don't follow Bundesliga as much, but Eric Dyer to Bayern is absurd, regardless of the situation around Bayern. I don't care if Bayern is broke. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense whatsoever, right? Yes, they have injuries in, in, to the back line, but there are millions of defenders, exaggeration, in, in Bundesliga, as they're known to do, where they go to some poor club in Bundesliga and steal their defender, but then you choose a Spurs reject. Come on. Come on. And this is all too cool. It has to be, right? Um, It just doesn't make any sense. So I, I just felt like <laughs> well, I wasn't sure if you had something else. Right? We're, we're Tuchel, the thing, it's kind of strange. I mean, because Tuchel famously doesn't like being involved in transfer business at all that was like one of his big points of contention when he was at chelsea was that his, his like you know the, the club expected him to make decisions on transfer activity and he has no interest in that he just wants to work with the team on the field he'll give like a wish list of like i need x y and z you know type uh types to like fill out my squad but like uh, my understanding is that tuchel doesn't actually like getting involved in all this this type of stuff um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm not really sure where the Eric Dyer. Maybe that. Maybe, you know. Maybe that's what he did. He gave a criteria. I want it needs to be an English player. He needs to be <laughs> thoroughly mediocre. And Harry Kane's looking <laughs> a little lonely. Uh, he's got a lot of extra room in his mansion. So like, let's get him a roommate. You know, okay. you know, that's fair. That's fair. Um, they, maybe maybe Harry Kane had the hand in it. But we'll see what happens. We'll see if he even gets any game. Um, I'm not sure if he actually played the last game. And Bayern, yes, although they're four points back, but they have a game in hand. So yeah, we'll see point. if we'll see if they they win that game. Um, but really, actually, exciting stuff going on in in Bundesliga. Even I know it always ends up with Bayern winning anyway. But at least there's a club, another club apart from Dortmund, that is fighting for that berth of the champions of the classic. Of German, I don't know what I'm saying. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know you got it right. That's exactly right. Just yeah. the way you said it. 
All right. Well, uh, I think that's all the topics we had. Um, and uh, I think maybe we'll continue this format next time, or we'll just pick one topic or two topics and talk about them the whole time. Uh, but that said, I think we will talk to you all uh, next time, hopefully next week. Um, and we are on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcast. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.